The title is tonight, How to Overcome Stress. How to Overcome Stress. This is crazy when you ask people, how are you doing? They will say, thanks for asking. And they will say, I am busy. I am busy with my study. I'm busy with my husband. I'm busy with my new dog. And people are always so busy. And the second thing people say, you know, by the way, my index finger, it hurts. Have you ever felt pain in your index finger? Of course, you have pain here. I'll tell you why. Because the index finger scrolls on the smartphone 300 meters a day. I want to repeat. That's not a joke. Your index finger, you scroll 300 meters a day. Here is a statistic in the year 2016 from America. They found out that you touch your smartphone 2,617 times a day. And 10% out of that numbers, they will touch the smartphone 5,427 times a day. That's why your index finger is so, is so exhausted. That's why you feel burnout. Because 300 meters scrolling every day, that's a big number. And that's why God is never in a hurry. You know, God didn't create heaven, the earth in a hurry. God has peace. God is never under stress. And that's why some people say, we walk with Christ and we not run with Christ. Hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is actually the devil. And I want to speak today about how can we live a peaceful life with God Almighty because there is one of the strategies of the devil. He keeps us so busy. We are such in a hurry that often we miss the tete tete those moments where we sit together with Jesus Christ and we are so relaxed and we chill the rabbit and we just have a tete tete with Jesus Christ. But we are often in such a hurry. Can you imagine? I love to learn from Jesus Christ because he's the biggest role model of all, right? And when you want to learn about how to overcome stress, let's learn from Jesus Christ. This is amazing. He was anointed to the Holy Spirit and right after that, he went to the desert for 40 days and nights alone with our God. 40 days and nights alone with God. And after the 40 days, he went straight to the village Capernaum. And in that village, he preferred signs and miracles. So many miracles. And after some miracles, he left the village and he was alone again. Why in the world he was alone for 40 days? He will not have burnout feelings. Why in the earth, after so many success, he left the people, he left the blessing, he left the success and went alone to a place. Peter, Simon, he took the smartphone and he started to text Jesus because he felt, what is Jesus doing? And he texted to him. Jesus, we need you back. Jesus, revival is there. People talk about you. And there comes a moment when you text to a person, you think, take the smartphone. You know that moment? You are on the stress and then after a while, you see the bubbles. And when you see the bubbles, you know, oh, he's writing, texting back and 
it takes it back. And another thing, pause for a moment. Nobody, after you achieved some success, you will leave that place of influence, right? Why in the world Jesus left that village? God's agenda was the agenda of Jesus Christ. Jesus was never in hurry. He was never in rush. He was always in the timing of God Almighty. It doesn't matter what people are expecting, what you should do or what you not should do. His agenda was always linked with God Almighty. I want to ask you live or online, can you put out your smartphone? We are a church, you have to come with the smartphone and with the Bible. Maybe the Bible is in the smartphone. But I want to ask you a question. We have a Slido question, two questions. And you can just go to the Slido, you, you link in, live or online, foyer or loft. I want to ask you two questions before we're going really down about how can we overcome stress. And I would love to ask you the first question. is a very, very simple question, but for me, a very funny question. In which moments do you feel most stressed? At the stupidity of other people or at my own stupidity? Really be honest. What stresses you more? The stupidity of other people or it's maybe your own stupidity? And uh, this is uh, crazy. Uh, you see more than 54% say, no, it, it's not me because I'm fine. I'm doing good. I'm smart. I'm good looking. I love Jesus. No, it's not me. Thank you so much for being honest. It's always the... Wow, international, you're different. Swiss people was the opposite. About, that's why I love the world. So, the question number two is, how easy would it be for you to be without your cell phone for 24 hours? Is this very difficult for you? Difficult, easy, or very easy? Just be honest. If you have not a smartphone for 24 hours, what is your feeling about the smartphone. 44% say it's very difficult or it's difficult. Some people say it's very easy. Maybe, uh, yeah, you don't have a smartphone. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you're not on Instagram or Facebook, whatever. Hey, thanks for, for being really honest. You know, I, I want to share you a story. Uh, before the lockdown, I traveled a lot. And you know, traveling is a blessing. But what I hate about traveling is always, you are always in a line you, 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 for the check-in. You are in a line for the new border. And sometimes when I travel to Asia, I'm traveling to four different nations. And then it's always a line in front of the border. For example, if you go into Cambodia, there's a line of 10 people. And, and you, you can count all 10 people. And the, for every person, it takes five to six minutes. And you know, it's an hour waiting. And I always thought, oh my gosh, just works hard and faster. And I felt always a little bit like on the stress. And then I said to God, God, I, I need a solution. And my solution, it's maybe funny for you guys, it's um, bubble shooter. Bubble shooter, I'm level 1647. Bubble shoot is very easy. It, it, it makes no sense, actually. It's very easy. Now when I'm traveling, I use bubble shooting all the time. If you're going to America, I'm in a line, it goes one hour. I don't care because I want to go from level to level. <laughs> that is actually what, what helps me to calm down, not be in a hurry, not be under stress. And I think you have to find something that you can be peaceful and you're not losing you, the, the, the calling that God has given you. 
Now I need to think, what is, what is the link about stress to the, to the enemy actually? And I want to repeat you guys, the enemy has four different names if you study and read the Bible. That's the name of Lucifer, he's the deluder, Satan, it's the hinderer, it's the devil, the roaring lion, and also the antichrist. And every name has a characteristics of the enemy. And today I want to speak about the devil. And if you Google the devil, means actually diabolos, means a chaos drover, and means the confuser. One of the characteristics of the devil is he confuses you and me, but in a very, very smart way. He's not like Jack Norris. He comes to the door and you push, kicks the door, and the devil walks in and says, oh my gosh, it's the devil. It's not like Jack Norris style. Or the devil will not ring at the door with demons and some horns and say, oh my gosh, demons are before my door. No, the devil is smart. The devil has a way to put us into a stress level that often we don't understand how he operates. Let's go into the first Bible verse in John chapter 10, verse 10. Maybe you heard that Bible verse maybe 100 times. The thief means the devil, the diabolos. He comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. To steal my relationship with God. He kills my peace. And he destroys my calling. The devil's goal is always to separate you and me from God. We're losing the peace and also the calling. He hates when we sit down with the dead, the dead, with God Almighty. Hey, Corinne the boom, boom, Corinne the boom, Corinne the boom, just Corinne. I, I, learn, I learned to, I love to learn from people, they, they finished the race and she studied the Christians and she came up with that slogan. She said, if the devil can make you sin, he will make you busy. And I think if you are busy and you don't have time anymore to read the Bible, to praise and worship him, to go to a small group, whatever, uh, you are in the position that the devil tries to, to separate you from a loving relationship with God Almighty. Hey, and now I want to go into a, a history a little bit that, you, that we understand why we are in such a rush and in such a high pace. I want to start with the 6th century. There was a Saint Benedict and they built a cloister. And they said the cloister was the center of every village and they said, in this cloister we pray seven times a day. And you could pray whenever you have, you have, you have the motivation, you could pray uh, six times in a row, you, you could have your own rhythm, your own style, but seven times a day was the number. In the 12th century, the monks, they invented a clock and the clock was ringing seven times a day, like ping. And when you heard that sound, you know, oh, now it's time to pray. A lot of people say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad because I'm a very spontaneous guy. I don't have to count anymore. That clock reminds me now it's prayer time. A lot of people, they were super happy, but the very spontaneous people like me, they will say, I don't like it. When I have to pray, I want to do my own style. And with the clock, they destroyed the style of other people. Invention is always a blessing and also a burden. Always both. In the years 1370, 
there was the first public clock in Cologne in, in Germany. And this was a big game changer because from then on, always people, they were, they were with the nature when the sun, when there was a sunset, they went to bed, and when the sun was rising, they get up. There was like the rhythm of the sun and the moon. Day and night was like the rhythm. But all of a sudden, there was a clock with every minute and every second. And you can imagine the people in Africa, they will say, we don't like it. So these people will say, come on, let's praise the Lord. Then in the year 1440, Johannes Gutenberg invented the printing press. And you have to understand, you lived in a small village and you had no clue what's happened in another nation, what's happened in another place on earth. And all of a sudden, with the printing, they could invent the Bible. That was a blessing. But in the same way, people got news from all over the world. And before, you had your farm, your wife, your dog, and you were super happy what's happened in your village. A blessing, it's also a burden. In the year 1879, Edison invented the lighting bulb. And the lighting bulb changed everything. What it changed? It changed day and night. From that moment on, was, you had 24 hours was light. Either the light from the sun or the light from the lighting bulb. Until then, for example, Edison, he slept 11 hours in the winter and in the summertime less. Even John Wesley, the, people, the big heroes in faith, they get up five o'clock in the morning and you will say, how in the world is this able? I tell you something, when I have small group on a Monday evening with my people, we're going to bed not before one o'clock in the morning. That's how it small groups works in Switzerland. And I always thought, how in the world can I get up five o'clock like Jesus? It has to do with the rhythm. Jesus went to bed around seven o'clock because it was the sunset. And after nine hours of sleep, five o'clock in the morning, they get up early before the sun was up. This was the rhythm, you understand? A blessing, it's also a burden. The year 2007, Steve Jobs released the iPhone into the world. From that moment on, the whole world was 24 hours connected with everyone and everybody around the world, 24 hours. If there is an earthquake in India, five minutes later, we can read, we can see the post from the earthquake in India, and all of a sudden, if we have the feeling, oh my gosh, the world is in a crazy season, no, we have more information than ever. And I think we are, have too much spam in us, too much information, and we cannot handle all those information. And there's one thing uh, people figured out around the world. There's a new addiction. They called the digital addiction, means when you push the like button, it pours out a happiness hormone in you. Did you know that? I hope you follow me on, on Instagram. I'm very famous on Instagram. Do you know that? Because you and you, all of you follow me. When you like a post, it creates in me like, wow, I love you, you love me. It creates a hormone. And we have often no clue what's going on in the history because every blessing, and I, I'm happy about the blessing, but every blessing has also a burden. And I want to be really honest for a moment. I never heard that before, that people that are 19 years old, 18 years old, 20 years old, they have a burnout. Have you ever heard that? My mom, she's a farmer, she will say, that's not possible, they not even work. 
Why in the world have so many young people addictions, depressions is so high, suicide rate is so high like never before in young age. Usually in my age, when you are hit 40, 45, then you have a burnout. But 18, 17, 19, 20 means something happens in the world and we have no clue why in the world we hit the depression button or we face actually uh, the suicide settle thing. Why in the world? And I tell you why. We are overspammed. We cannot handle so many information day after day, day after day. And this is for me, just speaking for me. One of the strategies of the devil, we are overloaded with information. We have too many opportunities and options. And what happens is always like this. The devil comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, that we don't have life abundantly. And I have to make a decision every day in my business, with my smartphone, everything, that I sit down in the presence of my enemy, Psalm 23, you prepare a table in front of my enemies and the cup is overflowing and you anoint me with oil. And this is for me a picture in season. Hey church, please listen to me. If you don't have this tete-a-tete -tete every day before you touch your smartphone, before you open your Bible, you are overloaded with fake news. You are overloaded with news. They're not important for you guys. Before you open the, the, the smartphone, the magazine, whatever, just open the Word of God. This is my advice to you. If not, you are so distracted. And I, sp I speak with a lot of people about that topic, and I think that's the topic in season. We have to understand one of the strategies of the devil is Diabolos, and he tries to sneak in that you don't have the relationship with Jesus Christ anymore. Here are four practical tips how to overcome stress. I have asked four people, they want to share really honest with you guys how they overcome the stress in four very practical things. And please be encouraged. The first person is my wife, Pastor Susanna. I am. No. We can. We it's can. Thank you so much, Leo. This is a Sabbath box. I mean, there is nothing special about the box itself. It's just an ordinary shoe box. But what makes that box very special is that Leo and myself decided to put once a week our smartphones away and put it in that box for 24 hours once a week. Goodbye, smartphone, Friday evening, and we would love to take it out, not before Saturday evening. So we started to try that for two weeks now. The first week, I put it in the box Friday evening, and on Saturday morning, I woke up and I wanted to do my quiet time. And then I realized that everything I so much like to do in my quiet time is depending on the mobile because I have my worship playlist on Spotify. I have all the different kind of um, trans Bible translation on my mobile. I have Bible reading plans. I have even books um, on my mobile. And I really had that Saturday morning, I had to rethink how I'm going to spend my time with Jesus. Because I was so used to this, all these great possibilities that the internet and the mobile gave me. And 
I came up with a great picture. I heard about a great picture, what is going on actually. When we go back to former times when Jesus lived on planet Earth and the Israelites, the Jewish were um, governed by the by the Romans, the Romans built a lot of great streets. And when Jesus went up to heaven, the disciples were easily able to travel because what the Romans built, to travel to spread the gospel. But the same Romans were oppressing the Jewish very badly. And this is a great picture of what is going on with the internet, with the web, with the with the. Um, electronic devices. I am so excited about all the possibilities that open with the web and with online and with everything. But I feel that we need to put up resistance in order to not um, walk through uh, walk, walk towards slavery of being enslaved with all the possibilities that a mobile and the internet gives us. And that's why I like to eat the idea of the Sabbath box and the idea of putting the phone away for 24 hours. To be honest, we have to grow into that, into that habit. But this is my goal and this is my story. Another story we're going to hear from Leah in a video clip. John Wesley's wife was a mom of 18 kids and I can imagine that her daily life was very busy. That she could spend time with God anyway, she used to take a blanket over her head and then her kids knew they are not allowed to disturb their mom because it's her time with God. I for myself never tried to thing with the blanket and I don't know if it would work out with my kids but I know exactly what it means to have a very busy life. My day starts at 6 a.m. in the morning and around 10 p.m. And to squeeze in time with God is very challenging. But a few months ago, I decided to wake up one hour earlier at 5 a.m. so I could have my sport time, I could have my prayer time, and everyone else is still sleeping, so no one will disturb me, not even the dog. And what is very important that I can have my time every day on the same place to the same time because then it's getting a routine and this saves me a lot of energy because if I had to plan it every day from scratch, I think my me time would never happen. Honestly, I'm pretty addicted to my phone. A quick check on my screen time stats reveal that I pick up my phone 150 times a day. Five and a half hours of screen time. I'm a huge fan of news and Netflix and new technology. Well, okay, I'm probably a junkie. There's so many great things about the phone, you know? So many things that make life easier. It's such a miracle of technology. And I wouldn't want to miss it for anything. But it's our social dilemma. Our smartphones are becoming so smart and the many clever apps only make, not only make life easier, but they also quite intentionally encourage an addiction-like behavior. 
My phone kind of feels like my third child. You know, if you know my sons, they are really wild and loud. But my phone screams even louder. It is hungry for my attention and it wants it for everything. Is my mobile phone controlling me or am I still controlling my phone? This is a question that I have asked myself and, you know, I've come up with three things that I do now which really start to help me. The first thing I do is I set some app limits and a downtime at night. And the only person who can unlock that with a code is a good friend of mine. The second thing is I've reduced my home screen. So I've hidden most of my apps. So when I have and want to use them, I have to do it more intentionally. The third thing is that I've disabled most of the notifications. I've reduced them radically because I don't want to accept that a small red dot is controlling my priorities. Honestly, I don't have it figured all out on how to cope with all the handy and mobile stress. But I'm determined to not let my real life be robbed by all the digital life helps on my phone. And that's my story. Thank you, Joel Spurgelicious. Simple life leads to a lot of time. When I was a kid, I was really impressed um, how Jesus was walking all the time. And so as a six-year-old boy, I wandered around our house 100 times on Sunday afternoons just for fun. Then I was also impressed um, that he uh, was traveling light. He didn't get any, any luggage. And so I made this to my hobby till today when I'm on a journey with my friends for two or three weeks. This is my backpack. This is um, uh, enough. Yeah, I know it's crazy, but this is my hobby. Don't try it, but I, I love it because it makes um, traveling so easy and so light. Until I was 40, five years ago, I lived uh, with other families in just a simple, uh, small room. And if you have just one room, you need, um, I, I just have uh, for 40 years a mattress and some uh, um, uh, five trousers and five um, sweaters. And um, when I moved to another city, I packed everything in a little car and moved to Zurich. Wonderful, easy, gave me, more gave me a lot of time for Jesus and the church. I was married to the church, I have to be honest. Then, um, five years ago, I married Best day of my life, really love my wife, Mwah, sweetie. But the thing was, I had the shock of my life two weeks before. We went to Ikea and we bought a bed. And everything, everything, my heart was broken. You, perhaps you don't understand this, especially as a woman, but, but for me, I, I know I was trapped. I will never be able to, to move in a little car again. This was my fabulous, easy life. Um, and then I get used to our flat. I love it. I love the kushlik time in the winters and so on. It's, it's, it's beautiful, really. But, but every two months, I, I feel an urge. I feel a need to, to declutter, to simplify, to reduce, to, to um, 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 throw everything out of the window. Um, my wife doesn't like it too much, but I, I ask her, please, can we do it? And um, I mean, I'm happy. I have two um, pair of shoes, uh, white ones, um, black ones. Very easy in the morning to decide. 
um, uh, gives me more time for Jesus and the church. Um, I don't have a car. I don't have to look at um, a car spot. I don't have to um, uh, uh, insurances and uh, repairs. Everything gives you more time for the church. Um, I don't um, have a smartphone. I have an old phone that only can ring, ring and uh, phone and uh, SMS. And I have a lot of time because I don't have to watch movies and all those things. I want to be honest, there is also a, a B-side because I need my friends around me. I need my wife, the, uh, I need um, Dave when I go on a, a ski tour. He has skiers for me, you know what I mean? Like Jesus, he was depending on, on Peter, he needed his boat. Uh, not always, sometimes he also walked over the water. Um, but I'm really motivated to, to let things go because it makes life very easy and uh, uncomplicated and gives you more time to the, to the things um, like um, uh, think about heaven and Jesus and those things. Because I came splitter faster super naked on this planet and I will go splitter faster super naked uh, to heaven. Thank you. Come on. Hey, thank you so much. Hey, four really honest story and I love to speak about the real thing, about our life, because we often in such a hurry, so much stress in our life, and I think what happens is that the devil sneaks in and he tries to rob the relationship with Jesus Christ, the tete, the tete, the table where it's more than enough. And I would love to close the message with 1 King chapter 19, verse 11 to 13. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And here is the word, a whisper. Have you ever wondered why is the word whisper, not a wind, not an earthquake? But the whisper is quite simple. When you have a person sits there and he starts to whisper, that means you have to stand up and you have to lean your ear as close as possible. That means in the text, God is saying, I meet you close. I want to feel you. I would love to touch you. And what the devil tries to distract us, separates us, that we don't have this, I call it, Holy Spirit moment. I want to ask you the question, do you have like an upper room where you wait upon the Holy Spirit? Or do you have a fixed time in your agenda before you do anything, you just sit there and say, Holy Spirit, here am I. I don't have an agenda, I don't have a question. I don't have something what you should do. I just have a question. Is there anything on the heart of God that I should do? And then I'm just quiet. Enjoy the moment, enjoy the presence before I read the news, before I scroll 300 meters a day and just have this time. Hey church, this is not a message where you go home and say, oh my gosh, it was amazing. No, it's not about amazing. It's not about what you hear. Your future determines from now in the next couple of years. It's the death, the death of Christ. And so many Christians, they don't read the Bible anymore. They're so busy, so successful, but missing that point there. You sit there and you 
listening to the beautiful voice of the Holy Spirit.